Let's open our Bibles, if you would, please, to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. We are, uh, we've been doing a, a little series in chapter 3 about being changed, and we're going to we're gonna, uh, pretty much con- uh, conclude that uh, this morning. But uh, God has done an amazing work in our lives. I was reading in, in Ephesians where it says, you know, he says, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You were just plain dead. And then later in the chapter, he says, but we were made alive. So we went from being dead to actually being alive. And he says it's by the, by the mercy of God, by the grace of God, by the, the great love of God. So here in chapter 3, uh, part 1, it says that in verse 3, let's read that there. At one time, we too were foolish. We were disobedient, we were deceived, and we were enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. So this is B.C., before Christ, before Christ in our lives, the old us. We were dead, we were foolish. We were disobedient, deceived, we were enslaved, living in malice, hate, and envy. But verse 4, part 2, is... A.D., or after the Lord comes into our lives, verse 4, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. So we were dead, we were foolish, all these things, and then something happened, something changed. We changed. We changed by the mercy of God, and He saved us. He saved us to life to wisdom, to obedience. Part 3, he says there in the the second half of verse 5, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the the Holy Spirit. In other words, we were born again. We have this second birth, this new life, this new beginning that he gave to you and to me. That's incredible, to be born again by the Holy Spirit, he says there, which is part 4. We talked about this last time when we were there, that it was a work of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, and we need Him in every area of our lives. The third person of the Trinity is not a force, but He's a person. So many many things that He has done. We are born again by the Spirit of God. We're sanctified by the Spirit. We're led by the Spirit. We're strengthened and helped every day by the Holy Spirit. He gives us the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. We are the temple of the Spirit. It just goes on and on. God's Spirit, He didn't leave us on our own. And that's why Jesus said, you know, I'm going to go. Speaking to His disciples after His his, uh, resurrection, He wasn't going to stay. He says, I'm going to go, but I'm not going to leave you alone. He says, I'm going to send you a comforter, helper. He was speaking about the Holy Spirit. So you and I, though we don't see the physical presence of Jesus, we see, we, we know, we have the Holy Spirit helping us in every area of this life. So today I want to, again, finish up this idea of being changed, though, though it's something that will continue because it's, it's so, it, it really is, it's a miracle. Talk about miracles. 
that God can change a life, that God can change you, that God can change me, and it's, it, it is a miracle. But I got some really, really good news for you today. This is good news. Part five is this, that we're heirs. Now let me ask you this. Did, you ever, did any of you ever get an inheritance? Some of you, don't be afraid to raise your hand. I'm, I, let me just write these names down real quick. <laughs> I need to talk to you after. Maybe you're hoping for an inheritance. How many of you are hoping for inheritance? Yeah, okay, now we're talking, yeah. We're hoping for that big inheritance, right, that we're going to get something. You know, so, so who gets the inheritance, usually? The offspring or family, right? Usually it's family, right? Typically. You know, we got one one time uh, from someone who was not family. It was, it was an older gal, it was a neighbor, and it was really kind of shocking, really, that we, we and it wasn't a lot, you know, about three million uh, <laughs> pesos, that is. No, it wasn't very much at all, but, you know, the interesting thing was the family got they got a little bit, like, annoyed. Like, and they got, like, a lot. I mean, she had, she had a lot of resources, and, then, you know, she passed along a lot to them. But, you know, this little bit that we got, they were kind of like, you know. So the family, how many of you have been in these kind of family squabbles over inheritance? It's not pretty. It can get ugly. Right? So what I'd like you to do is just to give it all to me, and we'll take care of all the problems. There will be no problems after that, right? This inheritance, though, the definition of inheritance, it says something passed down, usually from parents. It's, it's usually money or objects or property that someone gives you when they die. An interesting uh, twist of this as well, though, is, is uh, sometimes we, we talk about inherited traits, Right? Oh, you got that from your, you know, your mother. You know, my daughter, she makes this face and it looks just like uh, her grandmother. She inherited that because I don't think she, she doesn't, she's not around her enough to know how to make that face. So how else could it be? She inherited these traits. And that's kind of an interesting thing to think, to think about too. My mom used to say, <clears throat> to me, and perhaps you've heard this as well, if you keep acting up, Richard, you're out of the will. <laughs> Any of you ever hear that? <laughs> Just kidding, right, they say. Just kidding. But sometimes they are not kidding, right? You're out. If you don't do everything I say right now, right here, you're out of the will. But the truth of the matter is, you know, uh, it happens from time to time. But for most of us, you know, there, there, there isn't like the big thing that's going to happen. I hate to, you know, burst your bubble. I, I can't think of any relatives that got a lot of money in my life that I can be waiting for. It's just, they're just not there. So what does that got to do with anything? Well, look at verse 7. Look what it says here in verse 7. He says that, and we'll start in verse 6, 
this Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that, having been justified by His grace, we might become what? Heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So when you, you and I have something to look forward to, we have an inheritance coming to us. We have an inheritance. That's what I want to talk about. And it's not something that we earned. It's, it's not something that we deserve. He says it has been given to us. We've been justified by grace. In Colossians, it says that, that the Father has qualified us to share in, in the inheritance of the saints. So it's not something that you and I have done. Well, if we work hard enough, we're going to get an inheritance. In, in some family situations, that's truly the way it is. You've got to work for it or you ain't going to get it. But this is something that's been given to us by grace, that you and I are heirs. And as believers, you and I have been brought into the family of God. So that's why we can have this inheritance. That's why it's passed down to us, because we are in the family and we stand to inherit. I want you to turn with me. There's a couple of verses I want you to turn with me with today. The first one is Romans chapter 8. Again, what, what a wonderful chapter Romans chapter 8 is, and we turn to there often. But if you can turn with me to Romans chapter 8, in verse 16 and 17. Romans eight sixteen and 17. It says this, the Spirit, and again, the Holy Spirit that we have just talked about. It says, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? God's children. So we have the Holy Spirit here giving witness in our own hearts that, that we belong to God. We're His children. But look what it says in verse 17. He says, now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory. We are heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. You know, it, it, it says in the book of Ephesians that we have been given a down payment or a, a, an earnest, it says. Anybody know what that down payment is? I've kind of already said it. The Holy Spirit, right. He's given us the Holy Spirit. It's like, a, it's like an earnest, it's like a, a down payment of what is to come which is kind of interesting when we talk about what this inheritance actually is, because that's important. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit more about it. But, you know, we have a lot coming, and, and, it, and it is going to come. There is going to be a, a time when we get the, the full package, right? The will is read, and it, it gets turned over to us. The signatures are, are signed and everything like that. I remember that little inheritance that we got, you know, we got a phone call and we said, you've got to come down to the lawyer's office and sign some papers. And I go like, what? Why? You had to go down and sign the papers. But the truth of the matter is that, that we have some of the inheritance now. And, and, it's, and it's the Holy Spirit that He's given to us. But, but not only that, in Ephesians chapter 1, it says that we have been blessed now 
with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has given us so much. And I, I think we, we, we totally uh, don't get the full picture of how much He has done for you and for me. We don't walk around knowing, wow, I have gotten, I've got every spiritual blessing in Christ. How many of you walk around like that? I think when we first become believers, we go like, wow, we're just overwhelmed. And it's like completely, you know, it's filling our whole minds and lives and we are walking like on clouds. But I think sometimes, you know, just the, the drudgery of life, we begin to forget like what we have received, what he has done. We've, we've received every spiritual blessing in Christ. But we got, a, we got this inheritance that's coming. One more passage I want you to turn with me to uh, near the end of the book, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter, so we have James, Peter, John, Jude, and then Revelation. So 1 Peter chapter 1, and I want you to turn there with me. I want, you know... I, just so you know why, why I do this, I could put every verse up on the screen for you. Right? And that would be helpful, right? But, but it's important for you to actually use that book in front of you to actually find something in there. And I always say it, if you need to use the index, use the index. But to be able to find your way around the Bible, that's very important. Not just to me, it's important to you. So uh, I, I try to make it a little easier. I don't, you know, have you turn to like 12. Let's turn to 12 passages today. Because, you know, we may be here all day, right? But for you to turn to two or three, is that okay? I just want you to know why I do what I do, because it's important. I, and some of you have your, you know, your tablets and your phones now, and that's like cheating, no, it's okay if you do. It's okay if you do. It doesn't matter as long as you know how to use that thing, right? And you can get there quickly. I, I like both, and, I, and I, I told you about the Blue Letter Bible. I use that uh, in my own devotions now. I use my, my paper Bible, you know, my book, and then I also use the, my, I got a little tablet that I use, and I, and I use them both, and it's just, it, it's just, Incredible to get into God's Word. And God will speak to you. That's not even what the message is about. So anyways, 1 Peter chapter 1. And by the way, if you don't have your own Bible, we have Bibles on the back. You can take one and put your name in it and keep it. Bring it home if you don't have one. You, you need to have your own Bible. Okay? But if you forget yours and you want to borrow one, we always have them on the back. That's why we have them back there for you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to get to this, really. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth, there it is again, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. But look at verse 4. He says, and we've been given new birth into a living hope and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. 
an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. No one can take it away from you. No one is going to, you know, tax it. It's not going to fade. It's not going to get smaller. It's not, you know, uh, when the economy goes down, you know, the value of your assets go down. You know, how many of you know what that's recently been like? I read about this because I was, I was kind of interested just to be on the safe side, you know, uh, about estate taxes. How many of you know about estate taxes? You're just checking up just in case? Is that it? Well, th- this is the deal. Just let me fill you in on the, the, the rough big picture here is, is that in the U.S., as far as the United States government goes, uh, the estate tax doesn't kick in until after $5.5 million, okay? So the first $5.5 million you get... No tax on it. Anything over that, though, 40%. I mean, there are ways to kind of bring it down and, and minimize it, but, but typically 40% is the average, or is the, is the, the goal of the government, I should say. <laughs> In Rhode Island, though, the estate tax is anything over $1.5 million, and then it's about 16%. Just so you know, if you're going to give me anything... Uh, just keep it just under 1.5, and uh, I should be safe. But the inheritance that you and I, that we have in heaven, it's kept in heaven for us. It's it's not going to be taxed. It's not going to perish, spoil, or fade. It's safe. It's safe. You know, part of the idea of even talking about this, you can say, well, how is that going to help me now? It's not going to help pay my bills now. It's not going to do anything for me now. But in Colossians, he says that we need to be, you know, put it, keeping our eyes in heaven, our hearts in heaven, our minds in heaven. So often, you know, we are so earthly minded that we have no clue about what's going on. Spiritually, what God has done for us. You've heard that saying, you know, you're, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I don't think I've ever met anybody like that. Have you? Maybe you have, but I've never met anybody. You, typically, what it is is that you and I, we are so earthly-minded, we are no heavenly good. We're so focused and fixed on the things of this earth. But we got an inheritance. It's kept in heaven, in the bank of heaven. For you and for me, it's safe. It's not going to go down. It's not going to perish. It's not going to spoil. It's not going to fade. Second Corinthians or First Corinthians two says this: No eye has seen, nor nor ear heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Now again, I have to keep in mind this inheritance is not just for anybody, but it's for those who love Him, those who are believers, those who are part of the family. You got to know you're, if you want the inheritance, you got to be in the family to get the family inheritance. But it says there, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. 
God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. So, so the question, and perhaps you've been saying, okay, I'm going to get an inheritance, it's safe, it's, it's, it's not going to spoil, perish, or fade. Well, what is it? What is it? And I think that's what I, I want to give you a list of things about what it is. And the first thing we, we see here is, is in, uh, back, let's turn back to Titus chapter 3. The first thing we see found in the verse here is that we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So the first thing about uh, our inheritance is this, is that it's eternal life. Eternal life means forever and ever and ever. That, that means life forever that you and I have. You say, okay, that's just spiritual talk. Well, if you are not a believer and you do not have eternal life, let me tell you something, it is not just spiritual talk. To be separated, to be dead, to be separated from God forever and ever is not a very pretty picture. That's what we call hell. Being separated from God forever and ever. So to have this inheritance that you and I would have eternal life with Him forever and ever. How can you minimize that? The second thing I want to point out to you is, is God Himself is part of this inheritance. It says in Psalm 73, the psalm writer says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may feel, fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That we would have God Himself forever and ever. That is part of our inheritance. God Himself. That's not money. Let me tell you what, that money that we got, that was gone like in two weeks. We had, you know, paid off the credit card. We paid off this. It was gone. But God himself, the eternal God, this inheritance. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My portion forever. The third thing I want to bring up is that it says in the book of Hebrews that well, first of all, we already read it in Romans that we are co-heirs with Christ. In the book of Hebrews chapter 1, it says this, that Christ is the heir of all things. So if we are co-heirs with Christ, we are also heirs of all things, right? Now, that isn't true right now. It isn't true of us today. But one day, when we receive the full inheritance, we're going to see what God has for us, the incredible nature of this inheritance that he has. How about the fourth thing? The kingdom. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 25. He says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, and take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. He's speaking about those who were believers. He says, come and, and take this. You've been blessed by the Father. Take your inheritance, and it's the kingdom that's been prepared for you, that he's prepared this inheritance for you since the creation of the world. He didn't just think of it, well, what should I give Susie or, or uh, Bill or Rich, Richard? 
What shall I give? No, he, he had this planned out from the creation of the world, this inheritance that he has for you and for me. Revelation chapter 21, he talks about the water of life. He says, to him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost. From the spring of the water of life, he who overcomes will inherit all this. And I will be his God and he will be my son and my daughter. The water of life is family. But I think one of the ones that most of us are very familiar with because we read it frequently is property in heaven. I want property in heaven. But didn't Jesus say that in in John chapter 14, he said, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you I am going there to prepare a place for you. You're going to have a place there. Now, is it a mansion? I don't know. Some have translated it that. You know, there are many mansions. It's, it's literally many dwelling places. But, but he's got a place there for you and for me. You know, we... We have, we have to have somewhere to live, and, and, you know, we've lived in lots of different places, some not so good, some better than others, but there's going to be a place for us. And he said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I am going to come back, and I'm going to take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. He's got a place prepared for you. It's part of your inheritance. One question I want to ask them, I've mentioned it already, will everyone receive this inheritance? Not everyone. He talks about it in two different places, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 5. He talks about all the different immoral activities. He says, if, if this is the, the, the life that you are living, he says, if this is who you are, you haven't uh, been changed by the work of God in your life, he says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But he goes on in, in one verse in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So we were changed, we were made alive by God and thereby qualified for this inheritance. He goes on to say in in John chapter 14, that there really is only one way, isn't there? There's only one way to get the inheritance. Say, well, you talk about that every week. I do because it's so important. There's only one way that you and I are going to receive these things that, that I've been talking about here that the Bible talks about over and over again. It's through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way. Because he you know, he talked about those rooms, those dwelling places, those mansions, that place. And he said, well, where is it? They said, you know, disciples, well, where is it? We don't know where that place is. And he said, he said, you know, you know the way. And he says, we don't know the way. And Jesus went on to say, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. So 
to think about this fact that you and I had nothing. We have nothing that, that we could look forward to, nothing coming to us. And now you and I have this massive inheritance. I think if we meditated on that, if we thought about that a little bit, it might make what we do have in this life not quite so important. And there's two extremes, right? We have a lot and we start to get prouder. We don't have much and we start to get depressed because we don't have a lot. We can go all over with the stuff of this life. But to know that I have a place, we sang about it this morning, when we're going to be home. We're going to be home. One of my favorite verses in the psalm, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. Psalm 16, verses 5 and 6. It says this, David He says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And he said, surely I have a delightful inheritance. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. If we could say that along with David, that God has done an incredible thing. He's got something planned for you and for me. One final twist on this, though. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you as well. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Read this. He's speaking about God the Father in the previous verse, the context. But look what verse 18 says. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Now catch this, the last part, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. I had to read that quite a few times to kind of get what, what, what it was saying here. And then I had to go and read uh, what, what different people had said to make sure I was understanding like what it, what it was there. Notice what it says there, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. Who is the one the His is referring to? God the Father. You see? That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to to know the hope to which He has called you, that is God the Father, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints. So the interesting thing about this is, is that God has got an inheritance too. But the inheritance is, guess what? Us. You and me, this glorious inheritance, and this is, this is the word of God saying that to, to him, it's a glorious inheritance. There's nothing better that, than he could get, but you and I. There's nothing that is more important to him when you and I give our loves and our, our, our lives to him. Where we love him and, and, and nothing is more important to him than you and I turning our hearts to him. That's his inheritance. Is that incredible? He's looking forward to something too, you see. Yeah, he sees us now, and, 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 but we, you know, it's not a, a, a face-to-face kind of encounter like one day we will have. It made me think about this verse in Matthew, uh, you know, where uh, Jesus was talking about the parable of the tenants, and, and, he, and it said in one verse, it says that, It says, when the tenants saw the sun, 
They said to each other, this is the heir. And come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. Speaking, of course, about how he was going to be killed. But it didn't work, did it? They killed him, but he rose from the dead. And so he is still set to receive this inheritance. They couldn't take us away from him. So not only do you and I have a glorious future, a glorious inheritance to look forward to, God is also looking forward to his inheritance, which is you and I. That's incredible. That's why it's called glorious. So do you have anything to look forward to? I hope you do. But if not, you can make sure you do have something to look forward to, and it's by trusting in Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other way. You can't just keep putting stuff in the bank, though that's not a bad idea. The bank of heaven, though. Store your treasures up in heaven for where your treasure is. What did he say? That's where your heart will be also. The bank of heaven. That's where it's all set for you and I. Let's pray together, shall we? Oh, Father, first of all, just thinking of the fact that you are looking forward to us being there with you. That's your glorious inheritance. But we're also looking forward to being there with you as well. And our inheritance is, is uh, so multifaceted, it covers so many things. Not only does it give us property in heaven, but it's a delightful inheritance. It's a beautiful thing. It's you, uh, yourself, God. Eternal life with you forever and ever, our portion. Father, we just take a moment just to think about these things, what you've done for us, the water of life, the things we have to look forward to. Maybe, and as we do, it'll help ease the burdens that we carry in this life, in this day, here on this planet until we get to be there. Uh, one of the verses we read there was about the, the suffering that we have to go through until we reach that inheritance, and some of us are suffering. It's difficult. And how does this change my life? I think you need to change our hearts, our minds, our attitudes, Lord, and Help us to keep our eyes fixed on heaven, on what you've got waiting for us. Yeah, stay busy here. I know we need to do that too. Father, I pray here as, as well this morning for any who, who don't have a clue what they're going to face when they die, when they leave this planet. And I pray right now for anybody here in this room, anybody that may hear this at some other place or time, that they would simply trust in Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior, and ask Him in right now. And you can pray with me and, and say, Jesus, come into my life. I am lost. I have nothing. I have nothing to look forward to, but I want what you have.
what you offer today. April 8th, 2018, I ask you into my heart and life, forgive me. Cleanse me, wash me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And let's stand and sing together, shall we?